Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Hello, everyone. And Rachel Howie. Good evening. Good now, morning. Now, we did some eject stuff <laughs> on uh, Monday, and we thought we'd do the other half, because there's, oh, there's other massive games that you guys got to play mm. and see. And so we're just going to delve into it. Rage, you Hi. got to sit and watch a blooming gameplay thing for Cyberpunk 2077. I did, yeah. Oh, that was really cool. One of the coolest, one of the highlights of the weekend for uh-huh. me, Ash and I, saunter- swaggering into the room, <laughs> taking those reserved seats at the front row. It was very very cool unfortunately though being in the front row means i watched the whole thing like this just with your neck cranked with my neck cranked way back but no 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 <laughs> so yeah it was about 45 minutes it was a lengthy girthy nice. gameplay demo um there was uh we had i've forgotten her name bless her but she said she was one of the concept artists who worked on the game mm-hmm. uh walking us through what was happening on screen and we had a lovely little um professional gamer uh <laughs> playing it um on the xbox down so you could kind of confirm it was like a running build it was you could thing. see you could literally see we had full view of the guy playing it and the screen that the guy playing it was looking at it was definitely being played there were a couple little tiny uh visual glitches that led me to believe like honestly it, it wasn't just oh, okay. pre-recorded it was this guy was definitely playing it uh-huh. uh they showed us like a really really good sort of like splice of the game i thought it showed you everything from um uh, vocal interactions with people just like randomly walking past someone and then like sort of hearing rumors on the grapevine and going over mm. and going hello what's going over here like the like little bits that just make a world feel really lived in mm-hmm. inhabited it was really cool because we talked um, about cyberpunk quite a bit and obviously like one of the biggest things with it is that it's going to revolutionize open world first person stuff did you get a feel for like the scale of it like in terms of the amount of detail that's in it uh i did actually i did just from how i guess slow the gameplay was well it was slow in parts but for me like overall i would call it slow it's very meticulous it's very i get a sense that i'm going to want to explore everything i'm going to want to talk to Mm -hmm. everyone Mm -hmm. and really think about like the kind of dialogue options i'm doing Mm -hmm. and uh, the approach i make to combat combat is not slow by any means i was gonna say tell us about the combat because you've seen little bits of it Um, so they started off they really put an emphasis on showing us the stealth first Mm -hmm. of all there's always like more than one way you can tackle a situation Mm -hmm. you can level up your character and go into like hacking and you can like hack open doors and like um uh, take over turrets and get the turrets to like turn against their nice. masters okay. that kind of thing or you can go balls to the wall guns blazing can you use your blade arms and um yeah, oh god there was it was That's metal what I do. and it was really violent as well and it was like oh this is delightful <laughs> um, but yeah no I, it really put an emphasis on choice that okay. was what they really i think wanted to convey mm-hmm. uh through the combat they kept switching between two different character builds one that was a um a melee character with a 
big old gun and the other one which was a, a hacker how was it because like obviously i don't know if you guys have, have you read the book the cyberpunk no, 2020 book no. so i've got that back at home that's just like a tabletop you know build, build your character you design your own world and customize everything and whatever but there's so much depth to that thing that like you know no two players are ever going to have the same exactly. like, experience right. whatsoever and i think that's obviously what they're trying to do with this yeah absolutely yeah and it's like i don't know what the like when you came away from it or like just when you were watching it unfold like does it feel like the next evolution of rpgs or is it uh, a perfected version of what we've already had not necessarily. I didn't really see much that I was like, this is new and amazing and uh-huh. wonderful. It was just a really, really good, really solid sci-fi, massive RPG. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a game necessarily needs to do, uh, needs to revolutionize the genre to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't really see anything uh, new per se. We've seen hacking in the lights of Watch, Watch Dogs mm-hmm. and we've yeah. seen um, uh, hand-to-hand combat in the likes of The Witcher, for mm-hmm. example. But like, so it's still good. The mm-hmm. question I had was because it's like um, the game that I'm going to see this game and get a lot of comparisons to is probably like Dare Sex. Yeah. Um, because of the okay, fact yeah. that of the fact it's like augmenting your body. It's a sci-fi sort of metropolis slash sort of like dystopian future. It's first person. And a lot of choice that comes into it as well. Dare Sex is first person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are, yeah. You, are you thinking that this is like doing what that did better or do you feel like from just your impressions is it completely different because that's because I I have watched the presentation and I've played Deus Ex so I can't really imagine what the mm. what other yeah. bits you've seen as well I confess I haven't actually ever played Deus Ex mm-hmm. I've only mm-hmm. ever sort of looked into it for work and sort mm-hmm. of stuff mm-hmm. so um, from what I can tell from that game that game is very linear very like now you will go to level 2 and fight the level 2 boss kind of thing whereas with mm-hmm. Cyberpunk um, anyone can be a boss there was a big choice partway through the demo we were doing some work for uh one gang and then we were met with a choice where we met a guy who was like that gang is going to betray you right come with me do my mm. thing with me uh we said no turns out the gang did betray us and um that sort of like so if we i get the feeling like yes fair enough the gameplay is like sorry not the gameplay the the situation the augmentation yeah. is reminiscent of deus ex but mm-hmm. i feel like this is much more personalized. You're not playing Adam Jens. Adam Jensen, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You are playing as your character. Uh, right. Did you, um, did you get to see any sort of like customization? Yes, stuff? we did. Oh, okay. The game, <laughs> the game started off with a bit of um, we were doing. A, it was it was the customization was quite good, and it went all the way down to costume, and that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, little tweaks in the hair, the eyes, the face, that sort of stuff. They didn't dwell on it too long. I feel mm-hmm. like I'll be spending a couple hours. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he come, he, so it's the character looking in the mirror, doing all the stuff. It zooms out. Johnny Silverhand, Keanu Reeves. I was going to say, it was Keanu Reeves in it? So he's, um, I'll explain that he's in a second. He's in your mind. He's standing, he's in your mind. He's like your imaginary friend. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, he's standing there going, buddy, no one gives a, what they, what you look like. <laughs> really? And I was like, I was like, it's true because it's first person. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> there is that. Um, did you see like any cutscenes and stuff? Like, uh, or not much? Ooh, actually. Because that was the thing. It was like, you're not going to see your character no. that much because they, they have this whole kind of commitment to first yeah. person. But then it was like, well, yeah, you'll, you'll see your character in mirrors, I guess. No. Or if you hop on a bike, you'll get yeah. to see yourself. But it's like, it is weird for as much... Because, yeah, like they, at least they put that bit of dialogue in. But it's yeah. like, at some point, yeah, they're putting so much like <laughs> potential into character creation, but you might not even see them that yes. much. But I, feel like, but I feel like the way that your character looks actually sometimes influences the way that you play. Like, you mm. might you might immediately go, like, oh, I'm going to make, like, Grognak the Viking space 
space viking sort of thing <laughs> but and so you'll like make a guy who's got like physically scarred or like like extra mm. muscle density or something like that or you might make like a hacker guy who's a bit thinner or like has crazy like augmented eyes and stuff like that it's all about playing the way you want yeah to play. exactly mm. so even if i don't see my character i know what he looks yeah, yeah there is that like. i just like i want to see because i remember when they first when they debuted some of the gameplay stuff and we had like v come out of the elevator and mm. you got and you got to see her like properly and it's like i want to see my build like i want to see the character because i'm buying all these different jackets and there's all these different mm. loot and whatever i'd like to see that a bit more the only time we saw the characters uh full body not even their face was um when we were on a motorcycle and mm. um the the player stopped to check out the skyline because it was beautiful nice. and the camera zoomed out now i'm not sure it wasn't very clear or maybe i missed it i'm not sure if that's something that he chose to do mm. to zoom out like mm. you can in skyrim for example you can do either mm-hmm. Or if that was just the default, if you stop the motorbike, it zooms right, out. Right, right, right. The first person-ness of it, uh, I thought was really cool to start until we got on the motorbike and we were mm. driving around. And obviously I was sitting right at the front of this big screen. <laughs> and I don't get motion sickness, but right. I can see people really suffering from that. Uh-huh. Uh, so the option to switch between it, even just when driving, yeah. I really hope that's in there. Yeah, I would I also, definitely flick to third. I've also heard that there's a heavily rumored uh, camera mode that's going to be introduced oh, into good. it further down. So, cause like it's, Red Dead. Yeah, because it, yeah. like, it is like a beautiful game. To oh, yeah. So I'm hoping that the third person and what you wear will obviously come into effect with that because you be like this is my character standing against like a massive nuclear explosion i hope so yeah that, that would make sense sorry to sorry, sorry to cut you off no. because there are no loading screens uh mm-hmm. there are it, mm. there is no fast travel mm. um so you, you have to travel everywhere so like having it like, it's gonna be a blessing and a curse and something you must have unlock something like a grabbing a jumping a helicopter or something they'll probably be like, probably uh, probably like cars yeah yeah, yeah. Or like, a, like a public transport system maybe they yeah. have like in the cyberpunk world there's this uh, crew called the trauma team that mm. are like these like governmentally man well like separate sort of mercenary faction that come in you them lots of exp- um, rich people can pay for them to take care of themselves yeah. so they're like a mini SWAT team and they arrive in helicopters and stuff yeah. so there's like potential to maybe like hop in one of their vehicles yeah, to get well, around yeah. basically they said for the demo um, we are only fast traveling for the purposes of saving time in this demo yeah. there right. is no fast travel there is no um, loading screens between areas that's what they said to us so mm-hmm. they were probably just addressing the lack of loading screens okay because what was your like, overall takeaway from it because we've talked about Cyberpunk a bunch before I think you were avoiding trailers and stuff to just wait yeah, and see yeah so I went like dove deep into it for the purposes of uh, obviously because I really wanted to go and see the presentation. Mm-hmm. I am I'm so hyped for this game. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I'm like most gamers these days where I'm just like right. I'm not putting all of my eggs. Yeah, in wait to, yeah. just in case. Uh, for me, obviously, I spend a lot of time um, working and streaming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this is not a game I'll be able to play during either of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is going to be my sort of couch do nothing type game. So I don't know like how much I'm going to be able to get into it. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I'm a bit more reserved about it. I Fair think enough. for me, it's like I haven't not seen any of the gameplay like in real time or anything. I can't at the minute. I can't get away from it being a better Deus Ex. Yeah. Thing that you yeah, were saying like yeah. it's just so much of it is reminiscent of Deus Ex in terms of the way that it looks to control and like the blade like blade arms and like mm. I like the idea of the customization thing so I'm kind of like I'm waiting for it to like show more I don't think I've ever really gotten over the fact that it's not third person can you customize your gear in Deus Ex your like mods like and augments yeah. not your costume your... though you could you could put loads of skill points into different areas okay, which so you could uh, have different ways to play it yeah which yeah, unfortunately yeah, yeah. had a bit of a bad uh, effect uh, they farmed out the boss battles and the first game to a different company 
company and they weren't told that basically you could, should be able to approach it from different angles yeah. so it meant that even if you had like a tech and stealth build you'd be sometimes chucked into firefights mm -hmm. which were just out they got the balance way better in Mankind Divided but you were still like re-unlocking the same augments but it was all about the yeah. augments and the powers and then it was like how that filtered into different yeah. levels and like it was just that standard thing of like if it's a stealth build then you go you go through the ventilation shaft if it's yeah. the other one you go this yeah, way yeah. and so like, I'm kind of hoping that they get around more of that stuff inside. I do yeah. love a game where there's a lot of ways to do stuff because it really encourages uh, replayability yes. also encourages like sort of watching someone else play it as mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. we'll see how the rest of it shows, uh, sort of shows so I guess it depends how much they'll show for the rest of this year but it's out yeah. in March next year so I know it's it's actually fairly close and yet we're only yeah. still seeing presentation and only seeing things no one has actually had a hands on that we know of at the moment I quite so it's like, like it being mm. exclusive it's, but it, obviously the, the, mm. the elephant in the room would be like is it playable <laughs> yeah because yeah, yeah. you always worry about a company controlling the uh, the, uh, the message so much so after a while you go you, you respect it the first couple of times because you're like yep you want to put your best foot forward but when it comes to this sort of thing you're like but why are you not showing anymore? Hmm. Did you know? Did you know what console your build was on, or did they just show? He it? had an Xbox One controller, but okay. I did not see the console. I would guess right. PC, and then like we're curious what it, if it gets downloaded down to make yeah. it work on regular yeah. PS4 and stuff like that. And um, but anyway, Jules, you got to play Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I Is did it another S Dragon Ball Z game. Speaking about flying through public transportation <laughs> systems to flying on a Nimbus on your little cloud. I yeah, do love a Nimbus. It was, it was um, it's it's a game that I really really wasn't holding out much hope for mm. in fact when i heard that it was getting announced and i saw the first few trailer things from it i was like wow okay we're rehashing this story right. again, again. Uh, and meant, again yeah. and all these arcs again and again and again and then when they said it was going to be an open world uh, aspect i was very kind of put off from it because i remember being a little bit burned from playing jump forks mm. and the one piece God, uh, world seeker stuff because it seems like bandai namco know how to do the fighting aspects pretty well mm -hmm. and in fact the Dragon Ball Z stuff like with Budokai Tenkaichi 3 is one of the best fighting games I've ever played uh -huh. but when it comes to the open world style stuff they don't know how to do that yet <laughs> they're still finding their feet with it so mm -hmm. I'm worried that it's just going to be yet another sort of sparsely populated open world with not that much to do in with great fights just not so have they, they've taken the, the standards, like the Saiyan Saga, the Namek Saga, whatever, and they've oh, they've open-worlded those stories. Yes. So the bit that I, really I got to play two battles. I got to play uh, as Goku versus Raditz uh -huh. um, with the help of uh, Gohan and Piccolo. And then I also got to play as uh, Gohan versus Perfect Cell. Nice. And in between, I got to travel on the Nimbus, um, just like flying around just to have a look at the open world and mm -hmm. accept the quest that led me into it. Mm -hmm. But the problem was is that while it looked great, like the animations, I almost think that they might have used the um, same uh, graphical engine as they use for Fighter Z. Oh, love because that. it Because the graphics looked phenomenal. Uh -huh. But the world looked very flat, as in here is a green, a solid one-tone green I grass. That, yeah. And I was a bit like, okay. But then when I actually started fighting... Does it change when you land or is it always like that? It's kind of always a little uh, bit like that. Okay. But when the fighting actually kicked off, especially is um, against Raditz, I was like, this is really good. Okay. The fighting system is very fun. Um, I'm glad that they're not doing, as far as I can tell, I haven't seen anything about the two-player or multiplayer thing. Right. In fact, I would actually almost hope that they don't put anything like that in there because I feel like the countering system you've got of being able to just counter behind any move mm -hmm. that comes your way mm -hmm. and then fire off all your special powers and stuff it felt like i was having to pause the battle to charge up to right. fly back in again i would be, i was able to dodge attacks by like um circling around them flying close and dodging back out oh, again it actually was really fun <laughs> and uh when i was playing against a uh, perfect cell which is a huge step up in difficulty compared to the raditz mm -hmm. one that was a real challenge like i got down to my final bit of health and i was barely scraping by because his attacks were 
going through, staggering me if I blocked. Right. And if I tried to dodge, he could teleport in front of me and just bash me back <laughs> into the fight arena. It was actually really fun. That sounds cool, right? You Dragon Ball Z fan. I used to watch the anime when I was mm. young. Hell yeah, you did. I haven't played any of the games though, actually. There was one, I think it was Xenoverse 2 that I was tempted That's by because there was character creation. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I haven't. No. You should get Fighter Z if you're like a fan of the old school I'm anime. I'm not a fighting game fan, to be honest. I'm really bad at it. And then I just threw my controller. <laughs> I, I honestly think that this, this would be a good place to maybe jump in then because it's got the RPG elements that come into it where you can actually level up your character and go and grind and do all these bits and bobs to like get better mm. stats so that you'll make your fights a lot easier mm -hmm. but it does follow all of the uh, story arcs that we know and love I was going to so, say so what do you like you can go do a bunch of side missions and mm. you just when you go to the next story mission that's just the continuation of the actual story yes. from the show yes. and just yeah. like they kind of canonize it by being like well he was off doing this well when you wouldn't, when it, you wouldn't it would basically be like um, uh, from what I saw it would be like say you defeated the Raditz mm -hmm. when uh, it, afterwards it would just be like oh look there's some other quests to do until something else kicks off but it right. wouldn't just be like say your son's just being captured it yes. wouldn't just be like hey do you fancy having me collect some pigs for yeah. a bit it would just be like you've got to go and like <laughs> sort this out because this is the pressing priority uh -huh. mission because this were. many uh, Dragon Ball Z games in like you said they've rehashed I mean they've yeah. only got so much material to draw yeah. from unless you start delving into the super stuff so it's like at this point it, it's how what do you even do at this point I'm not entirely sure and I think that this is maybe uh weirdly it's a game for purists who mm. collect every single Dragon Ball Z game mm -hmm. and it's a game for beginners but it's not for people who have already they're like middling fans because right, right. I can't really see what it is adding new apart from a very decent fighting system but mm -hmm. I, bear in mind I've only been able to play those two matches so my first impressions of it aren't based on the longevity mm. they're based on this works works really well but will I get bored of it I can't answer that question I remember when we first played Jump Force this time last year yeah and, and I, I enjoyed but I, enjoyed I didn't that. I hate but I, but I enjoyed the fighting thing from that because uh -huh. I was like oh it looks really nice does this but then as soon as I played the mm -hmm game and realized how dense and how much they were asking us to do those very simplistic fights so I was mm. like actually it's a bit boring yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think in terms of um, like obviously they've called it Kakarot it seems like it's, mm -hmm. it's just about Goku and then mm -hmm. like they've got some cool ideas like I said if you were them and it's like we've got the same like handful of shows or whatever uh, chapters then what else can you do the, the question is, open the question is how do you do much with the Dragon Ball Z license that mm -hmm. isn't a fighting game like yeah. because uh, in my opinion like fighting fighting fighter Z or fighters <laughs> was the best thing that they've done in such a long time yep. it was a phenomenal fighting game it still allowed you it told a unique story which is great mm -hmm. and it also allowed you to go back in time and, and do it looked some other just way. like the show yeah as well. that, like to me that's what they should be doing so hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. 
With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Kakarot is kind of a bit like, okay, whoa, I don't know okay. what you could do. It's like a mini game collection. Like just some I gravity probably, training or something. No idea. I don't know. But yeah. it seems, the Kakarot seems cool. Uh, Rachel, you played Pokemon Sword and Shield. I did. Well, I think it was Shield that I played. Okay. okay. Actually. Actually. Um, yeah, so the demo for Pokemon was uh, very simple. It was uh, the water gym. The gym leader was Nessa, who we've seen in Jewish. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's got the blue mm -hmm. hair. Uh -huh. um, it showed off uh, the fact that it's pretty much just Pokemon. Okay, right. <laughs> But that's oh, the best compliment you've probably given. Yeah, it. yeah, but with new creatures. Did you obviously. Dynamax anything? I did. I had a heckin' Dynamax rookie. <laughs> you know the wee monkey one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The grass yeah. star. What's your so. thoughts on um, the general sort of presentation? The fact that, because the Dynamax thing, if someone hasn't seen the trailer, is that now Pokemon are like the size of skyscrapers. Yeah. And they fight so. like kaijus. Well, uh, you were telling me there's two versions. There's Dynamaxing and Gigamaxing. Yeah, so Gigan okay. Gigantamaxing. Oh, Gigantamaxing. Gigantamaxing. So basically, uh, a lot of Pokemon can Dynamax. Max, and it's probably like it's basically this series version of the 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 mega stones the z moves that right. have been in previous games so the gimmick this time is dynamaxing gym battles are on like a gigantic scale like mm -hmm. i feel like gym battles got pushed to the side with sun and moon well they, they literally did they yeah. were removed yeah. mm -hmm. so it's almost like they're making up for that with this one that and saying like point. they're back and they're pretty awesome uh -huh. um because so it seems to be like it's kind of dividing the fans a little bit in terms because i saw like the creators did this really cool thing with game informer where they answered a bunch of questions and they said that the dynamaxing gigamax and stuff is more of a projection it's like what the audience Sees. It's not that the Pokemon themselves have gotten that big, which I thought was them doing oh, damage weird. control. Because I know that like Adam Cleary like hates that they've got all big, whereas I think it looks really cool. My first reaction was, "What the bots is? Yeah. This? It's yeah. so lame. It's so silly looking." But then if you remember, like look at look at for example what they've done with Galadian farms as well, because mm -hmm. they did that with Alolan farms, and I thought they were. Do you remember Alolan Executor? Yeah, everyone <laughs> laughed at it, and now now it's just like, oh, he's in. Um, I like the glare. Is it the so glaring wheezing? wheezing with the top, the top hat, hat and the chimney? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So um. 
basically Pokemon has always been like this. Look mm -hmm. at, I mean, look way back to Gen One. We had a Pokemon that looks like a Pokeball. Yeah. So yeah. like, it's always been daft. And a I seal feel called like Seal. There was a seal called Seal. Yeah. Yes. We were fine. <laughs> Uh, I'm really impressed with how they just keep like innovating with it, but with still keeping it like, mm. you know, Pokemon. So did they focus on the combat side of it or did they let you run around a little bit? It was very much just battles. Uh -huh. So yeah, like I only literally, I only played just the gym battles. So we loaded up, there was a little gym puzzle. You push some buttons, opens up some, um, mm. some waterfalls so you can pass. You have to hit the blue one to open up the red one. You know, that sort of <laughs> puzzle kind of style. Uh -huh. um, and then we go through into the main arena. Uh, which was Nessa with her giant crocodile. What was it called? Crocodile? The, it's like the new turtle one. Okay. The snapping turtle. Turtle one. John. Dreadnaw. Okay. Yes, of course. But in terms of um, graphics and stuff, because obviously it's the first one on Switch, first like home console Pokemon like this in ever yeah a long time yeah um did it look like it justified the new hardware like any special effects or anything yes so basically if did you play you played pokemon let's go oh yeah I played it briefly, yes. Yes. so um yeah so the graphics in that were obviously lovely mm -hmm. but um so it's like pokemon let's go but then it's got a few things that sun and moon did but then mm. the characters actually look like real humans and not just like plastic mannequins okay, okay that's cool yeah. a lot of the um dynamax <laughs> attacks like result in like big mushroom clouds and yeah, explosions yeah. and stuff like oh, that there's loads of particle effects actually yeah. yeah 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 so after you dynamax it changes all your moves all your moves become like uh super special versions super so. special versions cool. <laughs> special versions uh -huh. and the uh, the particle effects and the effects on those were Oh, so cool. Sounds cool. cool. I guess if you just, because they, they, they're kind of walking a line between like traditional turn-based Pokemon. It's not going to be the like throwing forever balls like in Let's Go or Pokemon Go. Um, and so I guess with this, it's like it is traditional turn-based battling and then they're just it adding. Is, especially with, uh, in the overworld as well. This was not something I got to play in the demo, but mm -hmm. obviously we've seen it in um, trailers and that. The mm -hmm. overworld is going to look like Pokemon Let's Go. So you're going to see right. Pokemon roaming. Okay. Um, and of course, you're going to have Pokemon raids. So this is yeah. where the Switch comes in, where it's like, it's going to take a lot of processing power, obviously, okay. to have everyone on mm -hmm. in the same instance, fighting the same Pokemon. Um, raids are really, really something I was really hoping to see. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of it because it, it seems that they're like picking and choosing some of the best stuff from Go. So it's like, let's just have like this massive Pokemon that we can't, like, one person can't defeat, but if we I all really, sat around together yeah. Yeah. and like you could store that up in your story save or whatever and then we'll fight it at lunchtime. It feels like that's the way that they've been trying to introduce. As soon as they came up with that, they're like, oh, right, yeah, this makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. Why not implement this in every single Pokemon mm -hmm. title going forward? It's fantastic. Rich, you're someone who did about 3,000 throws to get a lovely shiny. Are you going to miss the hands-on throwing technique? 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> and it was trades, not throws. Yes. Uh, am I going to miss what from Let's Go? The throwing the... Yeah, because I think they've ditched that. I think that belongs in Pokemon Go and Pokemon Let's Go. Yeah. And it's time yeah. to just go back to pressing A. Yeah, yeah reliably, like, yeah, having Pokeballs oh, yeah. that actually reliably work. Um, both you guys played uh, Neo 2. Yes. yes. Does it, um, how does it control and how does it feel and everything? Because I feel like I used to adore that game and I still think it's one of the best Souls-like games. Mm. Um, but I'm wondering what they do in the Shadow of Sekiro. Well, the thing is that I really enjoyed my time with the original Neo, mm. but I did feel like it was possibly too floaty and a bit too arcadey for yes. me to feel like it was, it felt like Dark Souls light in every sense of the word because it literally felt light on the ground. Mm. But Neo 2 feels a bit more weighty. You've still got your different stances with weapons. You've still got the ability to upgrade your character with every mm. sort of like bit of items and all the colors of like, yeah, gear pickups like, and like legendary gears and yeah, uh, yeah like all, all of that stuff, which is fantastic because that's what made it stand out from being just mm -hmm. a uh, Souls clone. 
but it's doubled down on the Japanese mythology. It's like got all of these, like um, the location looked amazing. It was like a rainy uh, shrine was, that we were um, at. It was very similar to kind of locations we had in Neo One, but much more sort of dense. Yeah, that's how I would describe it. Yeah, it felt like it was more lived in, didn't it? Yes. Because the first game kind of felt like these were levels right. and you were going through them. Whereas this one here, it felt like it was a, a place situated in time, a very tangible thing. Mm -hmm. The enemies, we only got to like experience maybe a handful mm. of them because the demo was unfortunately quite short. Right. But the enemy that um, really stood out was this tiny little like baby that had big, big oh, yeah. bulging red it's eyes. Like that. A I didn't, you know, like I didn't, a okay, yeah, yeah. Didn't like that. At all. <laughs> didn't like it. Was it easy to kill, or do you have to? Um, to go well, to, to be honest, I was actually quite surprised because you walk up to it and think it looks quite frail, and you just slash it a few they times. They had poison, I'm sure. Yeah, but they've got, they've got like they could do a bit of fight back. I mean, right. all of the enemies definitely felt like they were a step up in terms of difficulty as mm -hmm. well. You weren't just sort of like, oh, there's a zombie man, two slashes, and you're down. Right. Yeah. This one would definitely made you feel like you're constantly on the back foot mm -hmm. or basically told you to switch up your weapons to match what enemy that you are facing. Uh -huh. And there were a ton of different weapons as well. I was going to say, do they... Well, uh, Spears. Yeah. You've got dual hand axes. Was there two-handed axes yeah. in the first game? I um, don't remember. I, thought there I was... don't remember them. Like an executioner axe, like two-handed. Oh, like a massive yeah. thing. Yeah, but then they, then they had two yeah. hatchet axes as well that you could nice. like, walk along and hack. And you got to the boss, didn't you, which was a double-headed horse was, with horrible teeth. Do you know teeth? in the Bloodborne DLC, you know Ludwig, the horse <laughs> right, like, yeah. demon from Bloodborne? It was basically that, but with big old <laughs> oni horns, and yeah. it comes at me. I do two dodges, and I'm about to go in for the kill, and the demo ends. Oh, oh it was gutting. Oh, technically class that as a win it's not a loss yeah I didn't die that's maybe a thing there was, um, there was some other bits as well the mm. new features for example that now you can summon on a sort of demonic power or if you hold down uh, the right trigger he would develop the own Oni horns himself and then actually be able I'm, to unleash yeah. that I know that it was a kind Pretty of sure similar that's new. Like, but, there was like combos before and mm -hmm. stuff you could level up like set bonuses with gear but now you can actually like uh, in the middle of your regular attacks if you then hold down the right trigger and carry on attacking it will upgrade the moveset that you nice. do so it does add a sort of like more mature it wouldn't Ninja Gaiden was yeah. what I thought of when I was yeah. playing it. Uh -huh. Big it, emphasis on like combos mm, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do they have all the like the same with the you have your three weapon stances like low, medium, yes, and high. Yes, you do, yeah. In terms of the controls, is it on the face buttons as well? Uh, hold yeah. down the left button, left uh, bumper, and then you can um, press uh, right. square circle or whatever, and then it will just switch it between them. It was it was fine, but the problem was about the first game, and it's something that I don't think that they have addressed, is it was very complicated. Right. I found that like the item management and having to know, like you pick up so much much stuff mm. that you're constantly just having to go through like okay does this fit my character build what does this do why is this stat saying that's increased but it's dropping down right, right. I noticed like, they are I'm not sure if it did it in the first one because it was a while ago I'll need to go back mm, to it but I mm. noticed it is all um, sorted slightly better this time I yeah. did notice that mm -hmm. um, but as for what was it you were asking about the um, yeah the, atta like the attack the attack yeah. being uh, square and triangle I think that was what I couldn't get over that's yeah. honestly right when the first I one prefer I prefer just being R1 and just yeah. having like hold it down for a heavy attack and it's almost like it. a staple of the genre sense. at this yeah. point it makes sense though obviously because the longbow combat like that yeah. was something I didn't actually play with I on shot the demo, one guy <laughs> once with it and just was like Whoop. I remember getting the longbow in Neo 1 and just thinking it was fantastic right. so that's what you use R1 for obviously is switching between your longbow and mm -hmm. your but we're, but we're dancing around the really important points here because there are two things that have come back. Well, one is, is brand new. One that's come back that's brilliant. The Shrine Guardians. They're the little guys, the little like, leaf hats that look like they've just been ripped out of Studio Ghibli. Yes. They are back. Good. Do not worry. Lovely. Like, you can uh, amend all your fears on that. <laughs> but they have a new friend, which is what we'll just call him Roly Poly Bastard. There was a Roly Poly cat. <laughs> yeah, he's a literal like... Um, now, this is the thing. I follow an Instagram account, which is um, of these two cats called... Uh, I think they're called Pachaco and Boko. They're, like, they're brilliant. <laughs> they're basically like a certain breed of cat that 
that have got like the big bulgy eyes and the tongue sticks out, kind of right. like little bubs. That's okay. a chameleon, but go on. Uh, so, so, no, they are no, definitely cats. Cat. <laughs> but basically, uh, this cat creature looks exactly like that. Massive big eyes. And you go up to it and it just says pet. Right. And I know that there's going to be the meme of you can pet the cat in Neo too. Good. But once you pet it, it follows you around by literally rolling after you. <laughs> and I'm not sure if you're meant to take like it Sonic. back. If you're meant to take it back to the shrine. Can or it die? Well, when I died, it wasn't there. Oh. So, I got, so it's like a one shot. Maybe it's like a bonus or something like that. Demons would have finished the cat off as well. Don't say that. Well, I'm assuming. Don't, come Are on. Are they going to leave it? Go, oh, yeah, God, no. This is like it's just goes back home. Yeah. It's not going to go back home. But yeah, so yeah, you can get a sort of part-time pet. It's <laughs> a bit weird. Shenmue style. I like the idea of it. Do you think um, as a general sort of takeaway, Neo 1's reputation was like inc- as an incredibly hard game. It was very mm-hmm. precise. Mm-hmm. Um, same feeling for the second one? Um, I'd say it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's the... My that one boss that you were fighting. Yeah, he actually took, a, took quite a paste in, didn't he? But the problem that, the only problem that I can think of is that does Neo 2 do enough to say mm. that it's a worthy sequel and not just an extended piece of DLC, effectively? Well, it's right. a completely different story. Obviously, mm. William is uh, is not in this one. It's mm-hmm. a new boy. Um, so I guess it doesn't have to like build upon the gameplay. It's, it's weird a new because, story, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was in development for like I didn't realize that game was in development for about ten years in terms of when it was originally conceptualized and it, it went between different teams mm-hmm. and eventually came out. <clears throat> Excuse me. And like you said, that Neo Two, the levels feel more lived in and things yeah. like that. So I, I wonder d- if it like might just be a sequel of refinement at this point. The thing is, is that like I feel like I've been spoiled a little bit by Sekiro. Like right. I, I yeah. honestly <laughs> love that game so much, yeah. and the fact that you've got like the grapple hook and the verticality and stuff like that. I don't see any of that in this, and it's and so this, weighty and meaningful. Yeah, and this Sekiro. this feels like it's like. They're borrowing tips from Dark Souls 2 and 3. Right. Whereas Sekiro struck out on its own to be like, I'm not going to be like my brothers. So I'm going to have their <laughs> sort of like elements of it. And uh-huh. I was, and if anything, I would have hoped that Neo would have been taking cliff notes from that game because I would have loved to see mm. much more jumping and acrobats and stuff like more that. More Eastern environments in games. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, yeah, Japanese yeah, yeah. mythology. Um, so you guys had a couple of indies that you wanted to highlight. One of them was called Dark Room. Mm. Well, Dark Cream isn't an indie game. It's a it's okay. a live action video. It's a live action video game. So mm. run by a lovely gentleman called John Robertson. Yeah, he's okay. amazing. <laughs> so tell us about Dark Room, and then we've got another one that Jules is freaking out. I about. am about. Uh, it, it just it was great. The Dark Room wasn't it? It was. Um, I knew very little uh, when we were going in there, apart yeah. from the fact that it was just an experience that I it was best left unspoiled. And okay. it was a case of all I can say is that you wake up in a dark <laughs> dark room and uh, you have to make choices that are basically one of four choices as so a group. So it is group. a game. It it's, is a game. So it's, a, it's an experience. I got to admit, I was skeptical as well, okay. but, but it was so much fun. So it's um, it's a, a show. Mm-hmm. Think of it as a comedy show. Okay. Meets Atmosphere, the board game. It's fantastic. Okay. So and it, if, your... As if it was written by one of the very uh, fastidious asses who wrote, uh, <laughs> and as uh, John himself said, the grammatical Nazis that are basically the people who made uh, the Zork games. Like, if, right, you, okay. yeah, like cool. if you didn't type yeah. it in precisely, yeah, 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 you yeah. would get nowhere. So that's, that's yeah. what he basically was inspired by to make this. Okay. So he was he carries the show, approaches an audience member. You awake to find yourself in a dark room. What do you do? Four options on the screen. Go north, find the light switch, yeah. sleep. Why yeah. was the other one? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> basically you, you, you'd say like, oh, find the light switch. And he goes, how would you find the light switch? Right. You're in a dark room. Yeah, you don't yeah. know where to go. <laughs> so stuff like that, like really silly, like um, like Jill said, like Zorg, like um, I was looking at Space Quest recently. Yeah, 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 like literal like stuff. Um, Colossal Cave Adventure. Yes. That sort of stuff. So it was like that, but with this really charismatic, really funny host. Mm-hmm, and yeah. it, it's almost like, I know that they made it into a video game. It's yes. on Steam. 
early access. But um, I feel like the whole thing with it was the whole appeal was it that was that he was there. Right. He was reacting to everything. Audience were trying to take the piss, and he was just not having it. He was in control the whole uh, way. Because if you got the Steam version, <laughs> you wouldn't have any of the narration, I guess. I don't know. I haven't actually ch uh, checked it mm. out yet, but I will do based yeah. on this. He's in it as a character, but you mm. wouldn't have that sort of snappy. No. Like, for example, walking past Jules Gill of what culture <laughs> fame and putting a torch in his face and going, oh, I know who you are. And I was like, I was like uh, in my mind, I was like, Shrinking. oh, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> and, he's, and all of our lives went and he just went, all right, okay, well, we're going to do one more. And I was like, oh, don't. And he like, came back and he's like, hello, come up. And I was like, oh, all right, okay. Oh. So I didn't get very far. Okay. It, it was good. I that really sounds cool. It. The other one that you had down that you were freaking out about was moving out, which is another overcooked style thing. Moving out was great. Yeah. Team 17 had knocked it out of the park. Yeah, team like, 17 are the best veteran devs in the industry. Everyone always just goes on about like, oh, Overcooked's great. Team 17 are amazing. Worms. worms. Bloody worms. Oh, I just worms. it with worms more than the Yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what I always Overcooked. said. Yeah. Overcooked is amazing. They had a new DLC out for that, which was called Carnival of Chaos. Yeah. Is that? Mm. And the moving out game is fantastic. It's very, very simple. It's for one to four players. You literally have um, items in a house air quotes house because it does changes to right. offices and haunted buildings and farms okay. that you've got to get out in as quick a time as possible and some of them you can pick up yourself some of them you need two or three players to carry right. and obviously as soon as another person takes the other end of the thing the you're now change. moving together right. which means that if say I wanted to get through a door but Rach was at a certain angle or trying to get through a different way the whole thing would like pivot <laughs> and, like, I, I watched them try and get this massive sofa out of a door for right. ages like, honestly it's so hard perfectly big windows <laughs> I know, I know. break the window do you, you have freedom to break windows yeah and do so, the, like so the funny thing was is that we started out when ash and i were playing it of just being like right let's just carefully take this out like just take your time go through there and then by the end of our playthrough we were at this haunted house level which included a piano that tried to chomp on you like the mario 64 thing mm. a ghost that would uh, instantly send you back to the truck and like chairs that actually ran away from you that you need <laughs> to pick up and throw there by the end of it we were like picking up boxes and lobbing them out of the window right and even like jumping as you did it to try and get extra arcs it would go and land in the truck itself. I feel like there's way more to this than there is to Overcooked because I remember when I play Overcooked mm. with my wife, I throw stuff anywhere. I did yeah. in the first game. I know you can in the second one, but if you run and just let go of the grab button, you can make shift a throw in the yeah, first exactly, game. Yeah, exactly. So I was getting used to that. It does look very similar to Overcooked in the way that like you will be screaming at your friend, yeah. right? Um, trying to coordinate, trying to work together, but you'll just know it'll all go pear shaped. I wonder oh, if the whole game is like inspired by the, that pivot scene in Friends. Yeah, it uh, wouldn't surprise Ross me. Ross trying to get the couch but at the, on, uh, the stairs. Honestly, like if um if I had a night of just playing Overcooked to the DLC and then followed by moving out I'd be a happy man because mm. it's because I didn't find the moving out thing as stressful as Overcooked I would stress oh, out so oh, much on those games no, no, but Overcooked has that uh, immediate time pressure of these orders are here and you'll burn stuff if you don't do it whereas moving out seemed to be much more of a casual experience mm. where it's just kind of like hey look if you get a gold medal if you get it all out quickly but you won't die or have like people going boo if you don't do it it's just Good. kind of like hey just have some fun throw some stuff about is the point system based on how much environmental damage you do no it's um, based on how quick it is, you get them into the truck and uh -huh. I think that there were some other bonuses as well Point right. yeah. the big the, the size of the furniture yeah okay. something like that yeah is that our next year that is out next year, yes. Cool. I, I, I love the idea of that. I think I'll, because yeah, the thing that stressed me about Overcooked was all the timing elements and the fact that, no, that nothing was ready properly. And it reminded me of working retail. The one, the only one thing that annoyed me about moving out was when I was told that the release date was so far away. I was kind of like, it's ready. Like you've got, you've <laughs> got five levels that are here that uh, have got immediate replay. Like get them out, get right. them out of the door. Yeah. I guess and then I know that I know the DLC thing. for Overcooked's out and they don't want to be overshadowed. That's mm. one thing. And Blasphemous has just come out as well, which they did. Very true. Team Seventeen though, absolutely slain. Like you said, they used to do. Work now they're sort of known for over overcooked in these little top-down party games. Putting it out there, they are the UK version of Devolver. 
they might be. Because they because they always have quality hit games. I love Devolver as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so that's our general sort of selection of EGX type stuff. Check the main What Culture Gaming channel for a whole bunch of videos, um, specific videos on specific games as well. Um, but yes, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming podcast, and I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. And Rachel Howie. Thanks for having me. I'll catch you next time. <laughs> Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.